Welcome to episode 142 of Between the Times, a podcast of Christ Church, for Christ Church, and for all who would care to listen in. Uh, we're so glad to be here uh, again this morning, and I'm here with my uh, dear friend and co-host, Dr. Gabriel Williams. Gabe, it's good to see you. It's good seeing you. And uh, also, we're here with a very special guest. Uh, Mr. Colton Dempsey is with us uh, this morning, and uh, we're going to learn some more about him uh, as a new staff member of Christ Church, and uh, we're really encouraged. Uh, to have you here with us this morning, Colton. Glad to be here. Well, it's been uh, it's been a, a really busy uh, season, uh, hasn't Very busy it? Season. At, at Christ Church, it's been a, a wonderful year of, of growth and and blessing, and um, I'm certainly uh, glad to have uh, Colton on board here uh, at Christ Church. <laughs> Uh, the 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 old uh, adage that you hear uh, from time to time about pastors is, uh, man, must be nice to have a job where you just work on Sundays uh, and you're on the golf course the rest of the week. Um, uh, first of all, I, I don't need to be on the golf course too much because I destroy golf courses uh, uh, with my yeah, yeah. clubs. It's not a pretty sight. Um, but uh, it is a busy time and a, and a growing uh, and uh, and healthy church and you know just this week for instance uh, uh, on Tuesday uh, evening uh, we had the MUSC and 20-somethings dinner uh, fellowship and Bible study uh, at our house uh, Colton you were there with us it's great to have you there uh, I teach uh, at that on the on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit we're in a series mm -hmm. on that right now and then last night uh, we had our small group over at the G's uh, and uh, had a, a wonderful time of fellowship and prayer surrounding issues on Christian parenting and mm -hmm. nurturing and instructing and protecting our children uh, in the life of the church uh, of course this morning at 7 a.m. we had our men's Bible study and had That's a great right. turnout this morning mm -hmm. uh, 16 guys uh, for everyone out there who all you men who, who don't have a Bible study that you're uh, currently attending, we'd love for you to come and, and join us for that at 7 a.m. on on Thursday mornings. Uh, and then, of course, um, uh, all throughout the week, a sermon preparation is uh, on Sunday. I'll, I'll preach in the morning uh, from Acts. Uh, in the evening, I typically preach from the Gospel of Mark. This week, I'm doing a lecture on Martin Luther. And of course, we have our Sunday school class where I teach on uh, the Westminster Larger Catechism. Uh, and then there's, of course, all the pastoral work, the counseling, the phone calls, the visits, uh, the lunches, connecting with visitors. So you're saying you only work about five to ten hours a week. That's right. Yeah, something <laughs> five to ten minutes, actually. Um, uh, why do I share all this? Well, uh, for one, uh, to give a little insight into the life of a pastor, I've just really touched the surface, really. But also to say how excited that I am uh, that the Lord has brought Colton uh, Dempsey to Christ Church uh, Presbyterian Amen. to help serve. Uh, and uh, we're real excited about that. Uh, Colton is uh, has just begun his seminary studies at Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary and is sensing a call to the gospel ministry. And so in tandem with his inward call to the gospel ministry, we are as a church sort of taking him under our wing. Uh, he has a full-time position with us as a pastoral intern of outreach uh, and administration. Uh, and uh, he'll be serving here while going to seminary online. Uh, and we're going to learn a little bit about uh, his, his dear wife and his kids uh, and his, his testimony and his calling this morning. So Colton, 
thank you so much for being with us. And uh, maybe you could begin by just sharing with us a little bit uh, about your uh, background. Sure. Well, as I said, I'm very grateful to be here at Christ Church and um, have been so thankful to be a member of Christ Church for the last three years. We've been here for four and yeah, perhaps even more grateful for the opportunity to serve in this capacity. Um, but just to, for any listeners out there that would like to know, a little background on me, I, I am a Yankee, um, so <laughs> I'll just come out of the gates with that. We got two of them in two this room. room. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry to, to tell you all who are listening, but I do hail from uh, South Jersey, um, as we like to say, we have our own Mason-Dixon lines in New Jersey. Um, but I grew up outside of Philadelphia. I am the last of five kids, um, and uh, I have the privilege of growing up in a Christian heritage, um, going back to at least my grandparents, a very solid Christian foundation. Um, it's always wonderful uh, when we have family reunions every three to five years and there's hymn singing and mm. Bible reading and there's 150 to 200 people in attendance. So very rich uh, history for, for me growing up. Um, I, I grew up in a small Baptist church, Cinnamonson Baptist Church in New Jersey, and we were there up until I was about maybe seven or eight years old in which case we moved to a closer church called Grace Bible Church of Barrington, New Jersey. And that church is really uh, foundational and pivotal in how the Lord worked in my life. Uh, as I said, growing up, uh, being taught the faith uh, by parents um, and being in church on the Lord's Day. But I was the child in the pew who was uh, counting down the minutes mm -hmm. until church was over, um, not looking forward to going to church and um, sitting next to my mom so that I could like you know lean over and she could just rub my back <laughs> while uh, while I was taking a nap in the pew. Um, but you know for for the I really credit a lot of faithfulness to my mother in seeing to it through the years that you know we were there, we were in attendance on the Lord's Day to the best of her ability. Um, and the Word was seeping in you know, week by week. And uh, the as I look back in my life, um, I would say that the most memorable moment at which I feel the Lord gripped my heart uh, was on a a, a very you know, simple small youth retreat uh, on the church campus and uh, of all places the youth pastor was speaking out of the uh, on the story of <coughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and mm -hmm. fiery furnace there was nothing really salvific in the lessons uh, per se as I recall I don't I, I really don't remember anything but the text <clears throat> But I remember a distinct change in my attitude towards church and the Lord in particular. And of course, you had heard so many gospel messages before that throughout your life, right? And that's, so that's exactly right. it's important, yeah, isn't it, that this Christian discipleship that takes place in the life of a child and a young person, it's not as if it necessarily it needs to be this clear-cut 
gospel message that finally brings you to a, a right understanding. It's all these things built up over time. That's encouragement to parents too, That's isn't right. it? That it's 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 the the ongoing upbringing that 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 uh, finally will bring someone uh, through a particular sermon or perhaps through. Um, uh, maybe not even ever remember a day when he when he didn't know the Lord, but uh, it's wonderful how the the Lord works like that. That's right. And you've you've given the illustration before of uh, the Lord's placing furniture in the room, and that at at one point he turns the lights on, and you recognize and uh, you see all of the different things that were put in place before you even were able to acknowledge them. So the Lord is good and kind uh, to use even the. The, the simple faithfulness of a Christian mother to to draw someone to himself. And so from that day on, uh, so long as the church doors were open and there was an event, I was likely there. Um, I praise God. Um, you know, there was a, a long absence in my life of, of my, my father's absence. My parents were separated and divorced when I was very young. So the youth ministers, the youth leaders, uh, godly men who were serving of their time and their talents to educate young people about the Bible. Um, there's one man in particular, his name's CJ, and he became a, a spiritual father to me, and uh, it wasn't uncommon for me to hold him for 45 minutes to an hour and a half after youth group ended. Mm, okay. <laughs> because I had questions, I had, I had problems, I had uh, concerns about my own salvation. Um, a, a deep and abiding struggle for me as a young person was how can the Lord forgive my sins? Mm -hmm. And when I tell you that that was a true and genuine struggle uh, for six years uh, from, mm -hmm. from the time I was about 11 to 17, I, if you had asked me, um, <laughs> was I going to hell? I probably would have told you I think so because my sins are so great. How can God forgive me? How can God have mercy on a sinner like me? <clears throat> but the same truths over and over mm -hmm. again. First uh, John 1 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. Passages like this that I had to hear over and over and over again and, and effectively preach to myself as it were, until the Lord gave the grace of belief and acceptance. Mm. And there was a distinctive point uh, between 17 and 18. I, I remember it going into my senior year of high school, just feeling a freedom mm. from, that, from that seemingly daily whipping. Um, and, uh, you know, I would say probably a lot of people don't know that about my story, um, but the Lord was faithful to and kind to remove that uh, that bane <laughs> of my existence through those years and uh, but at the same time you know in those trials when you're working through scripture like that it is uh, it is like a crucible for faith and so you know I would say for anybody that is perhaps listening to this and is maybe identifying with that type of thinking um, I would encourage to take joy uh, and and hope as you work through the scriptures, that, that the Lord is f fusing that mm -hmm. to your heart, those truths of, of gospel forgiveness, mercy, love, um, and salvation. So uh, about that late high school years, um, I have 
uh, already referred to relationship with youth pastors. There was one in particular who, at that season of my life, just recognized that there was an earnest for the Word of God, a thirst, and, you know, as we joke kind of in the larger evangelical world, it's like if you find a young man that loves his Bible, he must be called to yeah, exactly. pastoral ministry. <laughs> and so, you know, in some respects, maybe the, maybe the bar's a little bit low um, in, in the greater culture. And, um, you know, of course, we all want to be Christians who love our Bibles mm-hmm. and are, are sincere and avid in reading it. But nonetheless, he, he took a particular interest and curiosity and um, encouraged me towards thinking of Bible education formally. Um, when I got to college, I uh, resolved to just stick with something that was uh, broad enough uh, to land a job afterwards. I thought maybe a Bible undergrad wasn't my safest bet. So I <laughs> uh, thought, well, why not ge- general business administration? And um, we did that. The Lord used that to provide some really wonderful experiences and then intermixed in those college years for a few internships in my home church, Grace Bible. And you went to Anderson mm. uh, University in the upstate of South Carolina, that's and that's right. where you met the love of your life, is I that sure right? I sure did, at the Hushu. What is that? If I could share that in 10, 15 seconds, there was a, a first week of school, there was an activity for the uh, RAs, they go to the girls' dorms, they put a shoe in a bucket, and then the next day they went over to the guys' oh, okay. dorms. The guys got to pick a shoe out of the bucket. Now, all the guys thought it was a blind date, uh, but it was actually an amazing race around the campus. Now, let me caveat and say I did not participate, nor did Hillary, but we had friends who did, and we were curious to see what this activity was. Mm-hmm. So in the course of my uh, yeah. act, you know, going and watching friends, um, you know, I, uh, of course... Um, met Hillary and and uh, it was pure friendship uh, at the time I, I was just being a friendly guy on campus with no friends and so uh, you know we started to we, we talked that night and, uh, and then we saw each other at the gym on campus and built a, a solid friendship and uh, and then lo and behold you know engagement marriage so we've been married eight years now oh praise the Lord praise and the Lord. four kids and four kids yeah yeah, yeah, that's that's wonderful. So, so there was a, a period where you began to do some uh, work with RTS. I think Reformed Theological Seminary. That's so correct. you still were sensing this call. You began to uh, to work for your home church. Is that right? That's right. Yep. So um, uh, I was going to serve as an RUF intern uh, straight out of college uh, at Anderson <coughs> University. Was my hope. And in the course of fundraising for that, I discovered about myself that I'm not very good at fundraising. Um, as an effort, I reached out to Grace Bible Church to see if they would help support me. And of course, they were willing to, but at the time, uh, had an, an opportunity for me to come on staff there. And so we did that, did that for, for four years prior to coming down here to Charleston. What were those years? Those would have been late 2015 to 2019. Okay. Yeah. And uh, just, you know, the, the, the brief on that, just uh, serving on staff in the role of uh, assistant pastor. Um, again, not coming from a Reformed heritage or background. So we're doing things a little bit differently this time around. <laughs> the, the goal was to do my studies uh, while working full time and just providential hindrances along the way. So you were, you were not ordained, or were you ordained? Did they have some sort of process of ordination? There was no ordination process. And for me, 
Hillary can testify to this, that that was a real struggle for me. I, I in some respects, felt very illegitimate. Yeah. Um, now the Lord, anytime his word is preached, proclaimed, it is useful, and he can do with it as he pleases. It doesn't return to his hand void. And so I always took comfort in that, uh, whether I was teaching or, or opportunities there to preach, that however untrained I was, um, I felt that so long as I was seeking to be faithful and, and putting in the work, uh, God would honor it and use it for the good of his people. So he does that. Amen. Yeah. And just for our listeners, there is a, a process, isn't there, Gabe, to, uh, to ordination, which we take very seriously in the PCA. Yeah, and this uh, the process starts obviously with um, men who uh, sense the internal call. They are then at that point, uh, in a sense, assessed or at least in some sense go to their session of elders. And the Reformed heritage states that the internal call must be a match of an external call. And often what that means is that once that internal call is felt, then the next question is, do you, uh, as God, by God's providence, are you able to go to seminary to hone your actual uh, skills, so to speak? And that's because, you know, Second Timothy says clearly that a minister of the gospel must be someone who divides rightly the word of truth. They must be known as a workman who does this with accuracy, zeal, and uh, passion. But emphasis on the accuracy part is important here and the idea is that you go through a formal uh, ministerial theological training and then after that that's not just the end of the deal you get a theological training but then we care about in the PCA men who are not just theologically sound but who are men of good reputation who are beyond reproach so that means after a master of divinity there is the actual testing and trials so to speak of ordination and you know pastor john could speak about that in more detail but it is a legitimate trial beyond your theological education yeah so there's a, a testing of both character and knowledge mm -hmm. um and proficiency in the scriptures uh so there's heavy testing this is something that uh colton will eventually do when he's finished with seminary um and uh that 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 process we do call the trials of ordination because it's as if a person's stepping in saying i believe i'm called but i want that uh, uh affirmation from my session from the presbytery and then eventually from a church that's when mm -hmm. you actually are called officially yes. is when a church calls you and that's when you're ordained actually you don't get ordained without a call to a church mm -hmm. uh, you get licensed to preach uh, through other examinations but not called uh, and ordained as it were uh, so it's a big process and, um, and 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 colton is right at the front edge of that and i know would uh, uh, desire the prayers and encouragement of the congregation that's partly why of course, we have brought him on uh, to to encourage him, uh, to support him, uh, to bless him and Hillary as they begin this process. And so you're up in uh, Jersey. You're kind of coming to the end of your time uh, working as uh, kind of an interim pastor there at the church, and you find out about Christ Church. Uh, tell us about that. Well, the, the, the short on that story, uh, I was at the <coughs> church offices uh, going about my weekly work and come home and Hillary says, honey, you have to listen to this podcast. And uh, it's by the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals called The Mortification of Spin. Mm -hmm. And she had dug deep into the archives. I don't recall what exactly she was looking for topically, but in the course of it from about 10 years ago, 
there was a podcast episode titled something to the effect of a PCA church plant in Charleston, South Carolina. And she gave it a listen, and you were interviewed um, by the, the hosts on that show. And one of the questions that they were seeking for you to answer was, why Charleston? What's the scope of the church? Uh, tell us about Christ Church, so on and so forth. And she said, it's everything that we've been talking about, everything we've been looking for, um, particularly in Ordinary Means of Grace Church, um, uh, within the you know, Presbyterian vein of uh, Protestantism. And uh, for a while, we were considering a move to Charlotte, North Carolina, for the fact that RTS was there. We knew that there were good churches in that area, uh, but we also wanted to live in Charleston. So uh, we had a commitment to not make a move in life unless we really knew there was a church that we were ready to join up with. Amen. That was a priority for us. And um, <clears throat> you know, there are all kinds of situations where uh, one might not be able to do that, but insofar as someone is able, if they're going to make a move really anywhere, but particularly uh, cross state lines at great distance, uh, be sure that there's a, a faithful uh, Bible-believing church in that vicinity for you to place your membership. Amen. So we Amen. we came here uh, on visit and uh, talked to uh, Ross Hodges and, and to you at the time. Uh, I put in a note just saying, hey, we're looking to move down here. Uh, would you mind reaching out to me? And had a really wonderful conversation with Ross, uh, who told us a little bit more, more about the church. We came down and visited. And it was actually his last Sunday. It was our first Sunday, so we had to shake hands and um, and that was a, a really nice experience, but uh, we've been here ever since, and it was just a matter of time of packing up the moving van and getting ourselves down here. Mm. Well, that's that's wonderful, and um, and just to reiterate how encouraged we are that uh, that you're here, that now you're uh, playing this role in the life of our growing church. One of the the busy parts of of church life right now are just the number of visitors uh, that that we have been. <laughs> experiencing uh, on the lord's day both in morning and evening worship and uh it's been a real challenge to keep up with it all uh, mm -hmm. particularly over the last few months and so you're coming on and that being one of your chief roles is to uh to to meet and to follow up with and to encourage uh those who are potentially seeking a church home here uh, and uh, we've already seen you in action doing that and it's been uh, such a blessing uh, and an encouragement um Colton, uh, we praise the Lord for the for His work in your life, uh, in the life of your uh, dear wife Hillary, and uh, and the four kids. Uh, we're so thankful that the Lord has brought you to Christ Church, and uh, what an easy thing it was for us as a session of elders to uh, hire you for this position because you're a known entity. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't we don't have to guess about who. Uh, Colton and Hillary are and your commitment to uh, the life of this church to the people of this church and so really you, you're in many ways you're just continuing doing what you've already been doing but now in a full-time uh, way that's bringing a lot of help and, and support to uh, to me as well as to the the, the life of the of the congregation uh, and so uh, just encourage all of our people to be uh, praying for the Dempseys and uh, for Colton in particular as he begins this uh, new chapter of his life uh, moving from a, a secular uh, position with Comcast, uh, is that right? Yes. Right. And then moving now into full-time ministry and um, 
uh, praying for him, for God's grace and strength uh, for him and his family. Uh, and uh, make sure that if you've never met Colton, that you get to know him, that you come meet him, right. perhaps on a Lord's Day. Uh, I know he would be glad to, uh, uh, to connect with you. Well, what a blessing to be back on uh, Between the Times. Uh, we hope you've been encouraged, and uh, we'll look forward to being with you next time.